1: to the Radical Retro Rewind podcast. It's me, Ryan Hunter, along with David, and we are doing our next Thundercats Friday episode, which is Season 1, Episode 4, The Slaves of Castle Plundar.
2: Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun!
1: So, this starts off with Wily Kit and Wily Cat playing in the forest when they discover that the mutants have enslaved a race of primitive beings whom they refer to as brute men, and they are forcing them to build Castle Plungar. So, this is the mutants' version of the cat's lair.
2: Yep, and it's their version of slavery. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so the Brute Men are also animal-looking beings. They draw them almost as, quote-unquote, blank-looking as the characters are supposed to be. So they're supposed to be a primitive race of, I guess, animal. They're like a mix between very animal. They're brown animal people.
2: They look like a, like a hyena slash chihuahua.
1: They have long nose,
2: like, so long snouts.
1: Yeah. And the way they draw them, you can see they have this look of, like, blankness on their face. They're supposed to be almost, like, without question easily enslaved because evidently they're, everyone's peaceful on third Earth. The peaceful burbles. This is a peaceful group of...
2: The worst place to be peaceful. The absolute worst place to be peaceful is third Earth.
1: Right? And you're able to be enslaved so easily by the mutants with their mutant technology. So Wily Kid and Wily Cat are watching Monkey and sleep when this begins and they accidentally knock some kind of looks like a coconut on his head not that it's a coconut but some kind of
2: some kind
1: of tree tree fruit which doesn't look like candy fruit fell on his head and then he chases them they are cunning enough to get away but they do have this whole conversation about what are they doing what are those creatures that are they're enslaved so they're very upset about this the thunder king
2: what's interesting is i like the fact that the, i like the interaction that monkey and has with them because he's like you might be cats but i'm a monkey and you're trying to escape through the trees like he clearly has the advantage cats definitely are cunning and they can jump from and trees and stuff like that but in this sense the monkey or I any mean, is it has the advantage of swinging through the trees
1: but what did wily kids say you're a knuckle walker or something like this something knuckle dragger
2: like, not knuckle dragger. dragger
1: so he's a, a, saying that he's a eighth
2: hey, yeah. um, they're very
1: <laughs> knuckle dragger yeah
2: <laughs> yeah so they chase there there's a chase going on th- through the through the trees and wily kit ends up there's a point where she's like monkey and come here and he comes' he's like oh you can't wait you can't wait' you can't. So You're like clobbering you're up. but they are they end up
1: getting away because even though monkey and is a monkey and he has the advantage, thunder kittens are just more cunning fast they threw they, those
2: little capsule things that they have like like their Batman their explosive pellets yeah, yeah. they're like their Batman um what utility belt things that they have some explode some they bubble some you know are slick they use some kind of thing to make the make the branch slick and monkey and falls so
1: then they run back to the cat's lair that is still being built but it's pretty much done at this point tigra and chitara having a conversation about how burbles were able to follow their plans to a t and thankful for that they're overlooking outside panther with the burbles and they see that that wily kit and wily cat are running and panther says hold on hold on i think everyone wants to hear this so they're telling them about about this group of beings that the mutants are enslaving and the burbles act out what they equate these creatures to be like very, like he makes it almost like, Oh, like yeah, I, which is
2: funny. Cause the, cause the burbles are like, oh. whatever they, they're little like electronic voices. I want to point out that Wiley kit and Wiley cat are physically shaken and physically upset like you it's palatable like they're so upset that they're seeing that these poor creatures called brute men are being enslaved they're they're actually like it's a very physical reaction to to what they've seen so it's almost like they haven't seen such a horrible thing was, as slavery before I guess on Thundera. So. That must
1: be what it is yeah, and Thundera must be almost like a utopia and they're probably saying like, wow. It's funny you're right because you're seeing it through that kids like eyes what something like a slavery and enslaving people does to them. So yeah, I I noticed that as well. Great point. So they explain everything that's going on and then the Burbles do explain that the men are gentle beings who lack intelligence. (laughs) Ha ha!
2: Yeah, Chitaura says something like when, I don't know if it's Robert Bill or whichever one. Yeah, it's
1: Robert Bill, I think.
2: Says, this, like, he says there's point, like, there's not much upstairs. And Chitaura's like, oh, so there's not much upstairs. So they're very simple. They're simple creatures.
1: So they're simple and they don't even have a language. Really. And they're cheap.
2: They're cheap labor, really. Let's be honest. Really
1: cheap, cheap labor. Cheap labor. 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 Well,
2: if, labor.
1: Not for anything. The mutants just have them, like, in a room. Like, <laughs> they just have them, like, in a, literally hiding in a room with the door closed. And I know, just like, like Sly's like,
2: get in there, brute men! Yeah, and they're so... Docile.
1: They're so docile, yeah. They leave the cat's lair to Kitten Cat to stay behind, and the Thundercats leave in the Thunder Tank to Castle Plundar. So this is the first time of them seeing Castle Plundar. So they had these brute men build this almost... It looks like a a lizard bat creature with wings and the wings actually close up as a defense mechanism.
2: I like that. I don't know it's, how it's, they had time to do It's debate. actually like Wonder Woman uh, 1984 when she has those wing things that she has these golden wings that she closes up when Cheetah attacks her. The
1: Thundercats break through a surrounding barricade with ease. Yeah, I like this part. So they realize that the Thundercats are going to be on their way because the kittens were there. So Slive says that you know, the kittens saw, so the Thundercats are gonna be on their way to probably free the fruit men. And they didn't have the moat set up yet. They you know, the moat.
2: To. Come on now. We didn't have the moat set up at God, didn't you think about that? There's no curb appeal at Castle Plundar without a moat. No,
1: not at all. Not at all. And matter of fact, they have the brute men set up a barricade right before. <laughs> Do that work. Make a barricade before we hide you in Castle Plundar in, in the
2: room. room, in the random room with the wood door.
1: Where they just stand. They just stand in there, stand and, un- and question where they are. So the Thunder Tank breaks through this barricade, and Liono enters the castle while the rest of the cats. Split up and go around the sides and back of the mutant's fortress. Chitara encounters Jackal Man, Tiger runs into Monkeyan, and Panther squares off with Sly. This is a great way of actually showcasing all three of the Thundercats away from Lion O because we see Tigra fighting Monkey and Monkeyan's like, I could do anything to somebody I can see. But, you know, Tiger can do his bolo whip and go invisible. Chitara goes so fast that Jackalman can't keep up with her. And Panthro was fighting Slive, who he calls, I can't wait to take on that panther. And then at one point he loses his weapon because Panthro is so mighty. And he's like, you wouldn't fight with someone without a weapon. And Panthro says, I prefer it. And he battles him hand hand to hand. hand. They're showing the Thundercats off right now. So in the meantime, Lionel manages to locate the Brute Men's cell and tries to set them free. So He's going in there, he's trying to communicate with them, and they're just gathered around him. They don't understand language. They don't understand what he's speaking. He's
2: like, you're free! You can leave! You can get out of here! It's kind of like me wa- trying to do my children's homework with them online.
1: Please! free. They don't, I don't
2: free. understand.
1: What? what? But then, Slide... Warp gas. Ca- warp gas, yes. He uses this canister of warp gas, which we find out by Panther says, was banned. And Chitar is like, are you shocked that the mutants are using a banned, you know, weapon against people? This warp Warp gas turns the normal gentle brute men into zombie-like creatures and they but they really don't even honestly do too much to lion He ends up on the floor passed out for a minute like, but I don't know a, what well, they the warp did gas,
2: shook him. No, see the warp gas is affecting him and he's trying not to breathe it. It's like, get off of me! The brute men are like grabbing I guess because their bodies are not they're not very muscular either. So
1: they really just they overtook him they crowded him so much that he passed out and then they left the room.
2: <laughs> they had adam they had adam. they had adam they had it lying out because know, he ends up
1: on the floor for a moment
2: because he can't use the sword of omens right he's not well, going to attack doesn't. them he doesn't attack the brute man he knows that there's something wrong because he also smells the gas because he's in the same room or the same but it's also
1: he mentions that it makes him it's making him angry as well so he has an idea that this gas makes people angry and feel all sort of like being of on
2: facebook Makes me angry too, Lionel. Yeah.
1: So this is when the vapors cause the meat creatures to turn into raving monsters, and then they start attacking Lionel. They turn their attention to Panthro once Lionos passed out. Cause Slythe is leading Panthro to the room. So he has the, the door opens and these brute men come out of their cage that they were in. This one room, like we said that they were standing in. So he throws another canister of gas, but Lionel uses the sword of omen's force field. To push the gas back towards the mutants. So this is great. We're seeing that the Sword of Omens, again, does everything. And he almost makes a force field, but a wind ability. to it's a, The force field blew back the gas as well.
2: <laughs> and Slide is like, hold your breath.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So he says, yeah, the mutants now end up being on the receiving end of the brute men's rage and quickly retreat inside the castle. They get the brute men reversed on them at this point. The Thundercats are still left with these ravenous brute men. Liono is still refusing to attack them, but again, Liono's pride, because he is truly a kid in heart, and he is a new a newly appointed leader, and this is all new to him. You know, he believes that the Lord of the Thundercats should not run and, you know, you have to stand up and fight. And this is when Chitara says one of the lines that David's always appreciated.
2: Something to the effect of pride is a good thing, but pride taken too far is foolish.
1: Because Tigra is again, as well, he notes to Liono that these people are just, they're under a gas and it's this is not their natural state. And, and if you did attack these creatures, you would be attacking basically innocents because they, they have no idea what they're doing and they're a gentle breed.
2: I don't even think Storm's omens would Would allow him to attack them He'd have to physically do it
1: But it allows him to Do a force field But actually at this point He's still standing down And before anything really happens The gas at least wears off And they're in like Instantly you see the brute men Their eyes become like a uh, clear they were they were red with anger and then they go back to a, a nice i want to say shade of blue
2: they used clear eyes wow
1: <laughs> so this is wonderful because the brute men all snap out of the gas all at once but they're all just standing there because they have no idea that this also means that they're free but lionel keeps trying to tell them that they are free he does raise the sword of omens and say you're free and actually i don't know if you notice this the the kind of the crowd does say free, free. So I guess they're able to.
2: They understand certain things. I guess the word freedom. They're trying to say that freedom. There's actually a few things that uh, about this episode I really like. So there's the quote of is saying that pride is a good thing, but basically pride taken too far is foolishness. I 100% agree with that. I don't think that's exactly the verbatim what she quote, but it, it is pretty what she says.
3: These poor creatures can't help what they're
2: doing, Lionel! You mustn't fight them.
3: I won't fight them, but the. Lord- Lord of the Thundercats
0: can't run. Lionel, pride can be a good thing, but pride carry too far is foolishness.
2: It's almost like the price of freedom, what freedom is to people. It sets up the fact that the mutants now have a stronghold just as bad as the, the cat slayer. It sets up the fact that, again, there's another another race of beings on this planet that are docile. You know, it sets up the fact, kind of the duality for me, that it's such a harsh place. It's scary and bubbling, plasma, you know, oceans of like creatures and horrible things. But there's also these very kind Just wait, like
1: just wait, people, till we get to further episodes. The it's terrain, Like, like, the, like terrain. the
2: burbles, like the burbles. And the Brute Men, which I, you never see again. That's it. You see the Brute Men once, I think I through the whole series. I I've never think seen. you
1: kind of see them in like background from what I remember. I think they might be like background, like third Earthians, if they have like a gathering of all okay. like the creatures of third earth, I believe.
2: No, Mumra is nowhere to be seen. So this again is a, an episode that Mumra takes a bow out.
1: I, don't you think that's actually working in his favor? Mumra is built up, especially after the last time we saw him, we are seeing that he is pure evil. The last time we did see him, he was able to be stopped by his reflection in Lionel's shield claw, but they're not using him every episode. We saw him once now. We know that Mumra's out there, but they are setting up enough that the Mutants are a separate entity. Yes, they all work together. You know. Well, the
2: Mutants, they're doing a few things. First of all, you were right. They're setting up the abilities of each Thundercat separately, what their abilities are, what they can do, that they can stand alone if they have to by themselves. They don't necessarily need every other Thundercat with them, even though it's a team effort, and it—and it, that's the way you should always kind of approach these things. You really shouldn't go it alone. Like, the, all these characters in all these movies and shows, they always make the mistake of going by themselves to prove something or because they feel like they're inadequate or whatever so the fact is they they kind of split apart so they break apart divide and conquer so to speak so they take on the mutants you see all the different abilities so it sets up all the Thundercats different abilities more character development or character information on each one their personalities sets up Castle Plundar sets up the fact that again these there's more of these docile creatures out there it's again showing how Lionel is progressing as an adult who how he's starting to grow you know the fact that he he took the lessons from Jaga from the previous episodes that he's not going to attack them because I think if this had happened the first time, you know, the first time he had the sword, he probably would have went right for them. But right, Jaga, right. Jaga, Jaga, in a, you know, Jaga in a previous episode said, don't kill that creature. It has a right to live just as much as you. So he's realizing. So he's growing up. So that's, again... You're seeing a character grow up, despite the fact that in stature, he's an adult, he's like a 13-year-old, basically, so growing up. So you got that. You have the fact that the, that the Burbles are really good, amazing, amazing allies to have. They're amazing allies to have. They're They have not only supplied them with food, but they're also willing to help them to build their home. A protective place for home, and I and I, which benefits everyone on Third Earth, therefore, too,
1: as well. Yeah, because so they're, they're a really force helping. of good.
2: You know, you have the Burbles know that the Thundercats will help them through through anything. They're allies now.
1: And this is the first episode as well that each Thundercat are showcased their each individual theme. So you know. Every Thundercat has their own theme when they're battling or on screen. Chitara, Tigra, Panthro. When each one is having a battle with the mutants, they play the respective Thundercats music, which is a great thing, especially in an eighties cartoon that, you know, like every time Chitara is coming on the scene, you'll hear her theme. You'll hear Tigra's theme. You'll hear Panthro's theme. The Thunder tank has a theme. Jaga do, has a theme. I do
2: like it. I do like it. You totally, it, it to me, I may mean, because we're a program, because we've seen it so much that it, it suits them. And, like Panthro is like the most like I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like a like a groovy sort of like black exploitation film, nineteen sixties fifties. I don't know. I don't. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, like, he's when, got it, a like,
1: very like yeah groovy. But it's, they're all kind of like It's like, like an like,
2: upbeat groovy kind of thing. And Tigris, when he does the, is more of a mystically mystical, mystical sounding yeah. thing. I you know, and Chitara's is, is like a. I
1: would say fun.
2: It's like. It's almost. I almost like see the the way the music drags out. It's almost like her running. It goes fast and then it kind of. So good. What a great point. It, it, it builds up momentum. Da, 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 whatever you know, like I can't do that. It builds up a momentum. It, so it does sound like she's feel of a of a run for me, at least.
1: And Snarf. Snarf has a theme. He's he's seen at the end in this episode for a moment, but he has a more goofier theme when he comes on. A playful theme. Wily Kit and Wily Cat. Dun, 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 dun. They have a theme as well. Like every character, I want to say there's no Lionel theme, but I would say basically, I guess the Thundercats music would be Lionel's theme because he is the lead of the Thundercats. This is also the first time I believe that we see that the Sword of Omens gives him a warning that his friends are in danger because he sees that Panthro is in danger with the Sword of Omens in this episode. He get he does sight beyond sight.
2: I love that a feature of the sword. I really do. I love the fact that that, that it curls up. The apertures. Yeah, the, uh, the curls up and that his eyes glow and everything. I think it's super cool. Like, the Sword of Omens, I'm sorry, hands down, is so much cooler than Excalibur. So much cooler than He-Man and she sword. Although, She-Ra's sword does change into like a million things. But as far as like yeah. raw ability and cool transformation, like, who wants to carry around like a huge sword when it can immediately right his sword it's, it's an literally easy folds
1: up it folds up. you could up. throw it
2: into a handbag you know what i'm saying if you're backpacking it honestly
1: that's the truth it folds up it it's like a dagger does. that
2: turns into a huge like viking sword that you know you yeah. could use so I, I i like that even though shira's sword does do basically equivalence to this he even
1: has that sword of omens come to my hand so even the sword of omens will fly to his hand a la a jedi you know so yeah <laughs> lino's got it going but on. he cannot
2: do what shira does he cannot say all of power of etheria come to shira yeah
1: or or speak to animals and birds
2: <laughs> you know he birds, could he have communicated birds. with the with the, the the brute men and said you're free brute men free shira's sword oh god now i don't know why i'm on shira so much this is about the thundercats But Shira's sword is very literal. When she creates a shield, it's it's a physical metal shield from the sword. When Lionel creates a shield, it's like a barrier, but he's swiping the sword back and forth to create a kind of a mystical barrier. So there's the difference between One is very physical, like it turns into different things, a cage, a this, whatever Shira wants it to turn into, it turns into the object.
1: And that's why I want to mention again, we've said this before in our first episode, our first review of Thundercats. This again shows that Thundercat, I feel like is set up as a more mature show than He-Man and She-Ra. Filmation and them were, yes, they, they wanted to teach children morals and have fun, but He-Man and She-Ra always does keep a more lighter tone in, in, in a sense of things and Thundercats still always gets more to the gritty, the darker, the battle is more realistic and again we love He-Man and She-Ra and I could watch He-Man and She-Ra all day but there is definitely a difference even in the storytelling between the two shows and again not that they have to be linked but if we're comparing the two shows I do believe Thundercats still stands up as a stronger show to today even watching these it's episodes. the
2: cruelty of of the, the the evil characters, they're they're cruel. They're actually cruel. In other cartoons, like sure, they do touch upon slavery, but not to the sense that they did it in in Thundercats. There is that formula: like bad people will still turn on each other. Like Evelyn will turn on Skeletor if she gets the chance.
1: Continuously, continuously. You know what do you
2: want, Evelyn? Your power. Yes. When she says, or that then she it,
1: one day she was just like, oh, what if we take was. the whatever thing they're searching for and just keep it myself, Skeletor? You know there you is know, that, like-
2: but the but the mutants are, are are evil they're a little stupid sometimes like as far as like their their follow-through Mumra is completely evil he's like he he's but he's like deranged evil like I don't even like he has been because alone he for lived, well, long. let's face it. He he's lives been alone by for himself. too long he's been yes he's he's a shut-in
1: he <laughs> lives by himself and he's only got four statues to, that speak to him sometimes and then tell him how bad he does
2: yeah exactly can I just tell you that this episode after watching it again brought up the fact that a lot of my moral compass was helped along or, or shaped by the, these type of cartoons. The phrase about what Chitara says about pride. The fact that at the end, when the brute men leave, which we didn't mention yet, the brute men leave, That's and Lyano right. says something. They didn't even say thank you. And Tigress says, "Did you do it because you wanted someone to thank you, or did you do it because it was the right thing to do?" Now, I've used this in real life, where yeah, I've been with somebody and they've held the door open for somebody, and you know, especially New Yorkers, <laughs> they'll be like, Th- "You're welcome." I held the door open for you. You're welcome. And I actually said this to somebody, I said, did you hold the door open for that person because you wanted them to say thank you or because you felt it was the right thing to do or the nice thing to do? And they were like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yes, yeah, so it would have been nice if the person says thank you courteously, but right, that would maybe be the, the person's correct. in a hurry or maybe they were like, sometimes I'm in a daze when I go into a store, for example, because of COVID and stuff like that. I don't even, like, sometimes I don't even function. Like, I feel like I've lost some of my social skills, believe it or not, in society. Oh, most like
1: definitely. Most definitely.
2: But yeah, maybe
1: these people weren't raised on Thundercats, evidently. You would have held that door. They would have said, why, thank you. And then the Thundercats would have laughed because they all learned a moral lesson.
2: It's not like having lucky in today's episode. Did you find me?
1: Right, 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 right. And we we recently, I, I had sent David, again, this is not a Shira podcast, but I had recently sent David a clip of the original voice of Shira, and she mentioned that... You know, these cartoons meant so much to people that she didn't realize when she was doing it. But even the morals of, you know, He-Man and Shira telling a kid that if someone is touching them inappropriately, they should tell somebody. And a little girl who was being unfortunately molested told somebody because Shira told her to. So these cartoons, they really do have strong moral compasses. And Thundercats really was huge on after the adventure, after having this ride and all this action and these evil characters, it always ends with a moral, and the characters are always happy and laughing by the end. I know that might sound crazy,
2: but... Some of the stuff is cheesy, but some of it really isn't. You know, some of the quotes that, like, again, those type of quotes are much more adult-like than for a child. I'm sorry. But said in such a way that it's it stuck with me. I'm, I, I think it stuck with a lot of people. I'm going to go on a limb and say it really did stick with a lot of people. You know, the storyline and the moral story part of it really did stick with people that watched it. And I think that's why it's also loved it's not just love because it's gore or violence or because it's not so you know there's more to it there's a love of these things because it's a oh my god i feel like i'm getting really old you know when people say it, it was a kinder, gentler time so to speak <laughs> you know it i remember like people in the 80s were saying oh my god if it was only the 60s again when people did this and that and now people are probably doing the same thing for the 80s and 90s god if it was only like the 80s and 90s People wouldn't be so harsh and so cruel and so this and that. So yeah, I, I definitely draw a line between the two. Definitely helps me grow as a human being morally. And I I commend the people that did it. Obviously, it's a job for them. Some you know people, but at the same time, and they sold action figures, which we definitely should definitely go into that at some point. All the different. We did talk about, like, the mum that I got in the mail.
1: Right, right, but there is a huge, I mean, that's a whole even separate thing, the action figures, and I love that. But that's what, and, but action figures go hand in hand because when you see characters that you love like this, be it Star Wars, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, you're allowing the kids to then take those characters and then continue their own journeys and almost play out these morals. And they, they don't make characters like this anymore. And it was it's not in your face to the point of the whole show didn't revolve around him getting to that point saying did you do it for thank you but it works so well in that point because once the the brute men or the slavery part is brought up and then once they're freed when they say it it's not just like oh it's tacked on it really fits with everything that they did in that episode so so i didn't know if i mentioned this but this originally aired on september 12th of 1985 the last friday of next month will be the next episode of thundercats david do you remember the episode
2: called Pumra. I do. I actually remember it quite well. I remember it because that's we're back to Mumra. We went from the we are, mum, yes, we are back to, to, Mumra, to Mumra. Mutants to Mumra. We're back to Mumra and he's a sly little devil. And yes
1: in this episode I'm really excited to go over again because I even feel like there was a lot of ambiance in this episode of like taking place at night and the whole plot line of this episode i think is a fantastic idea that was this week's thundercat friday you can catch us weekly every friday on the radical retro rewind podcast where we do our normally scheduled craziness with random things but we will continue to bring you thundercats every last friday of the month and possibly more and beyond
2: just remember you don't have to be a thundercat to be a hoe
1: So thank you again. You can reach us at David, Universal Appeal 2020, one word on Instagram, and the Radical Retro Rewind podcast, one word, Radical Retro Podcast on Instagram. Thank you again for joining us. I can't wait because Thundercats from here on is going to get even more exciting and the plots are going to just get...
2: mm. You're going to see a unicorn keeper.
1: And her husband. I can't wait. (laughs) Thank you again for listening. And we will be back.
3: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.